0: Welcome to the Play Now Annual Blue Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Play Now. Bet on Manitoba. Enjoy responsibly. Here are your hosts Derek Taylor and Christian O'Mel.
1: It is February 26th. A blowing snowstorm is on the way. It's football weather. Yes, yeah. it's absolutely football weather. The Bombers Winter Special. Thank you so much for being with us. We have a ton of great guests uh, lined up to talk. We'll hear from Patty Newfeld in this half hour. Uh, Doug Brown in the next half hour gives us his thoughts on the Bombers offseason thus far. Mr. 2000 Brady Oliveira will be with us. We'll hear from Willie Jefferson, who's got... Uh, eh, a new challenge ahead of him on the defensive line. Zach Kalaras, Christian and I will break down where do the bombers fit within the West division within the CFL? Are they the gray cup favorites again? Going into this season, uh, we will discuss and we'll, of course, take your text. If you want to join us, please do at 204-780-6868. As I mentioned, a ton of great guests, including we lead off with the man who gave us this highlight in week 18 against the BC Lions.
2: side, and he's got 2,000 across the 40 to cross the 45-yard line. I'll get here. I'll, I'll play it. I'll play here it. Here we go.
1: First and 10 Lions from their own 40. Four-man rush. Adams gunning high, and tipped up. Rhymes has it, 45, and he's running 30. Broke the tackle. Dominic Rhymes down inside the 10. Zeros on the clock. Zeros on the clock, and we're going to overtime
3: as the Bombers. Game-saving tackle.
1: And who made that tackle, Derek? Our guest now, Jamal Parker, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Uh, good. I feel bad because that was one of the plays of the year in, uh, in for the Bombers and the Canadian Football League. And at no point did I say your name until much, much later because you guys had me so excited at the end of that game. So I, I want to extend very, very publicly my apologies to you for Jamal Parker makes a game-saving tackle are words I should have used.
4: Nah, it's all good. It's all good. It's a game of
1: football. Ah, uh, it was. Good. What do you remember? What do you remember that play? It was. It was battle for first place. You guys were had a furious comeback. What do you remember that play?
4: Um, really, that I mean, we made we made the comeback, So we're really trying to get the OT. We had the momentum, and we knew like they were trying to get in field goal range. So like we knew a couple pass concepts they would run. It would be like deep sticks or like that, like that glance post concept. Mm-hmm. So we was prepared for it. And, uh, um, my running partner, uh, Evan Holmes, I mean, he made a play. He just asked him to make the catch off the tip. And then I just I just seen Red, uh, Red Cranby go after him. He went for the ball, seen him miss, and I seen he didn't go down. And I seen, like, the distance I had from him in the end zone, I was able to catch him. So I just went and made the play.
1: And you were able to catch him after time expired, which turned out to be an incredibly important move on your part. Yeah, it was. It was luck was on our side as well. uh the season that you had in 2023—it was so much fun to watch. As you took over at that corner spot in the last few games, teams thought, and I think maybe they still think they can throw you in jump ball situations with big, big receivers. And I don't know if they've caught in the fact that you are really good in those situations.
4: Oh, um, I mean, to be honest, growing up, most of my life, I've been on the shorter side. So, like, I mean, most receivers I ever went up against was always taller. So, like, that's what I was accustomed to. So, like, if I've seen a receiver, like, my height, I'll be like, oh, I'm in I'm that jump ball situation. So, when I see a bigger receiver, that's the norm for me. So, like, I think a, a receiver over the height of 6'2", 6'3", I'm so used to it. I just think, like, that's just regular for me.
1: yeah. Six foot three, six foot four. Dominic Rhymes trying to strong arm you, and there you were swatting balls away and and taking away. What what do you what do you look for? What what, how do you balance those situations, or how do you battle in those situations when a guy has that much height on you? What what kind of techniques do you use? Um, it's really
4: body position, and like, I mean, you just the balls in the air. You you got an equal opportunity. He has equal opportunity, and I feel like my ball skills as good as anyone in tracking the ball. So. I try to put myself in the best position to make plays. What's your vertical? Oh, I'm not sure anymore.
0: Because
4: I'm more like a one leg jumper, because I could dunk off one leg. Right. What? Legit dunk it- off one leg? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a one-leg jumper.
2: So he's 5'8". I'm 6'5", and I can't dunk. So that makes me feel bad about myself. You got to jump off
1: one leg and be
2: a super elite athlete. I think that's the second part (laughs) is probably the bigger problem for me. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Jamal, Just so is that something that you can work on in practice going up against the likes of Kenny Lawler and the taller guys on this Blue Bomber team? Because the receiving room on this team is so good. Does that help you improve playing practicing against receivers that are so good?
4: Uh Yeah, definitely. So, K-Law probably, to my eyes, had probably one of the best ball skills I've ever seen at tracking the ball. Like, he has amazing tracking ability. So, going up against him and, like, figuring out the niches and where to put yourself versus the uh, bigger receivers, like,
1: it helps wonders in practice. He is Jamal Parker, Bombers defensive back. Nice enough to be with us in the Bombers winter special. Uh changes in that defensive backfield coming for the season. Jamal, of course, Demario Houston signing a two year deal with the Calgary Stampeders, the team moving on from Winston Rose. Uh that would seem to say to me there are a couple of full time spots available in that defensive backfield. Are you approaching this offseason any differently than past ones? Um, I'm I'm trying to
4: just go in and make sure I'm healthy because I mean, my season didn't turn out, and it be how it started, how I wanted to, starting on the injury report, and then making making my way back into the lineup. So this year, I'm going in like, I mean, I'm in the I'm in that back end with with two, three other All Stars. So I know me and Ritter you're the ones trying to like, we got the chip on our shoulder, trying to prove that we belong just as much as them. And I just want to go in and stay healthy.
1: It- Tell me about the guys that you you work with the you know the Brandon Alexander's and the Dietrich Nichols, the Evan Holmes, guys like that. How how good are they to work with?
4: Uh, they are great. Like Dietrich Nichols is like a like a
1: to me like the
4: he never gets the credit. I feel like he deserves or like around the league because he's so like low maintenance and low key. Like he just he's steady Eddie. Like he does his job. He does it at a high level. And he's like he's like a coach on the field on how he reads how he reads the game and. And uh, Brandon Alexander is like, he's like our DB coach in the back end. So he's the one that gets us all lined up and everything. And then my roommate and who I came in with Evan Holmes, he's just like, he's a great talent and he got all the talent in the world. So it's amazing to work with
1: them. Yeah. Evan really had a chance to to pop last season and uh, your, your position coach last year, Jordan Younger, now getting a bigger role with the defensive co- as a defensive coordinator. How, how do you think he'll fare in that role?
4: Uh Coach Jewell I'd be perfectly fine. He might be one of the smartest coaches I've ever been around as well with with the read and his reads and keys and what we're going to do versus certain opponents or if the if somebody's high on a certain player or or a quarterback he just knows what to do and how we're going to attack that person.
2: So looking at your off season then between now and when y'all get back together here in Winnipeg What are you working on to get better for
4: 2024? Um, so I came in, I came in as a half, as a corner for me, like going into my third year now. And I, like my first year, I probably played majority off of talent. And then last year, like I learned a lot about the CFL CFL game from my rookie year. So my IQ risen a lot, but I feel like I didn't really get to display a lot of it because I didn't play until late in the season so this year I'm trying to add both with the IQ and my talent so I can really display
1: what I can show for the for the team for the, for the city and for the league. We love it. Uh Jamal, we can't wait to see you here in camp a little over 2 months away. Very excited for the coming season. Uh thank you for giving us some time on uh, on this February night. Thank you, sir. And no problem. Thank you. He is Bombers defensive back Jamal Parker nice enough to to give us some time. Uh spots are open, Christian, mm-hmm. and Jamal who started the final 5 games will be in the mix. Tyreek McGee in the mix. Terrell Ford. Terrell Ford is back. will be in the mix. Who's
2: going to come over to the short side? There's going to be someone I'm sure we haven't heard of yet that's going to make an impact because it seems to happen every year.
1: Can't wait to see it. And uh, Jamal Parker, so many times when you watch, here's a 6'4 guy thinking he can out jump Jamal <laughs> Parker. Nope. Swats it away. It's it's incredible to watch him fight, and I can't wait to see him play in twenty twenty four seven fourteen. We will take a break. Patty Newfeld talks changes on the offensive line, and there are some big ones. That's as we continue on the Blue Bombers Winter Special on six eighty CJOB.
0: Welcome back to the Play Now Blue Bombers Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Play Now. Ben on Manitoba. Enjoy responsibly. Blue Bombers Winter Special continues.
1: Derek Taylor and Christian Amell joined by three-time All-Star and sending his first offseason with a, with a new child. Patty Newfeld joins us. Patty, thanks for your time on this uh, Monday, uh, Monday evening. Yes, it is my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. How is your first off season as a dad going? It's been
5: awesome. It's been, uh, pretty amazing to see her change almost like every day now. And actually just, uh, a couple days ago, she started rolling onto her tummy and I've been, uh, highly bragging about that. I'm just so proud of her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is is that a thing? Like parents bragging about, Oh, on her tummy now. Like that's, that's a thing.
5: I am, but I, everyone's telling me now it's, uh, things are really going to change. She's going to be a lot more mobile and, uh, you know, we're starting to look at baby gates. So it's a big step for us.
1: Oh boy. I I, I don't know why this came to my mind, uh, but uh, you're about the age where people seem to start having kids this generation in, in like my parents' generation, they would have had kids at 21. Could you imagine having had, had a sweet daughter at the age of 21 or 22?
5: No, uh, not at all. And that's, it's funny you bring that up. Cause we've, we've talked about that too. I was, you know, like, there's no way I would have been mature enough or responsible enough to have a child at, at 21 or 22. So I don't know how, uh, like my parents or grandparents did it, but, uh, we're really happy and, and, uh, every day is awesome with her.
1: If I was just to say to you what the best moment of being able to, with your work, you had this time where you're, you're free to having this time. What's kind of the best moment maybe that you've, you've had the best moment. Um, man, that's, or a really good know, one,
5: but you could, Yeah. I don't don't know if you can like really pick one there. It's just, it's been awesome just to kind of see her every, every day change. I think the first time she laughed was pretty special though. We were out in the, in the mountains in BC, uh, just after Christmas and, uh, Paula was just changing her and got her to laugh and she had her first like laughing fit. And that was pretty cool. Pretty special, to see.
1: I like it. I like it. Uh, Bombers offensive lineman Paddy Newfeld uh, with us on the line. Uh, your running mate on that right side is now a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Did you warn Jamarcus about being a Saskatchewan Rough Rider, having had experience there?
5: Um, well, he'd already been in, he'd played there before too, so yep. he kind of he kind of knew the ropes. But you know, that's I always say it, it's it's the best game in the world with the worst business, and that's where the the business rears its head. But You know, I think ultimately for him and his family, he, he got what he wanted and, you know, just for me, unfortunately, it's losing a guy who I've played the last, you know, six years with, and we've had, we had a great rapport and I I mean, it's not going to change our friendship or our relationship outside of football, but, um, you know, it's just the business side of things and that happens, but, uh, it always sucks losing a guy to the riders. You know, it's just, it's, it's a tough one.
1: <laughs> when you say the rapport over six years, what, what kind of things, you know, do you guys build over six years?
5: Yeah, it's chemistry and just an understanding of, um, where we're going to be on, on place together. You know, it's, it takes, it takes, a t- takes a, it takes a while to get kind of that rapport built. Um, and it doesn't just happen in training camp. It happens over games and, and when the bullets are live. So, um, You know, Yosh and I were able to basically communicate without talking and and just understand where we are in space and uh, understand where each other are in in the course of a play. And um, that just allowed us to play fast and physical. And um, we had a certain way that we did things together and uh, it it was really working for us. But, um, you know, whoever we're going to have at Right Tackle, I'm going to work really hard and make sure that, you know, we get you know, building those blocks again and, and getting to that level. And whoever it's going to be, it's going to be a different player than Yosh. You know, there's not a lot of people on the on planet Earth that are built like Yosh and can move like him. So um, we'll probably end up doing things a little different. But ultimately, it's it's going to come down to just doing what we do within our scheme.
2: How closely do you follow the moves that are being made over the last few weeks about the different linemen that are being brought in by Kyle Walters?
5: Y- yeah, no, definitely we do. And, and, you know, so far we've brought in two guys that, you know, I know really well with Eric Lofton who had been here in 2022. And, uh, we brought back Chris Ivy, who, uh, I thought had tremendous upside and, and he fit really well within our room last year. So, um, really glad to have those guys back and, and, you know, work with both of them on, on the right side there and, you know, kind of see who's, who's going to win that spot. And, and I think that's going to be a really, uh, great thing to be a part of is that competition and, you know, kind of, providing that fuel for, for competition on the right side
2: there. But overall, this offense is very similar to the one last year that had big numbers, same quarterback, same running back, a lot of the same receivers and a lot of the same O-line as well. So it's not quite as continu- continuous as it has been in the past, but still that familiarity of of the people behind you being the same difference makers they have been. How is that as an offensive lineman, knowing you've still got the best quarterback and the same the, the best running back behind you?
5: Yeah, it, it's great, and and it, you know it's something that we're we're going to build on off of last year. You know, I think we're we're a group that's proud of the work we've done, but we're never going to rest on our laurels. And obviously, things there's going to be a couple little changes here with our with our offense uh, in regards to personnel. But um, y, you know, you just keep building, and you you have to have that mindset as a as an elite offense where you can't you can't ever settle, and you have to make some changes and uh, adapt and uh, overcome those kinds of things. So. You know, really happy that we obviously have Zach and Brady and and our receivers back. And, you know, we still have the bulk of our offensive line back. But, uh, you you know, camp happens and and there's going to be new scheme, new plays and and some new guys in new spots. You know, obviously at the left guard spot and the right tackle spot. So it's going to it's going to kind of provide that extra boost where you can't just be complacent.
2: What's it going to be like blocking
5: for Chris Streveler again? Exciting. Yeah, definitely exciting. You know, Shrev is a good buddy of mine and we've kept in communication since, you know, he went down down south and and always kept up with him. I actually bought an Arizona Cardinals jersey and, and, uh, you know, then like two weeks later, he was not with the Cardinals anymore. Just the timing of it. But, you know, we still we still talk and man, that guy's uh, he's an animal out there. So we're really excited to have him and uh, just have him back in the locker room
1: patty how do you feel going into 2024 if, if if memory serves me and by all means correct me you were able to practice a lot more in 23 than in 2022 so how do you feel going into 2024
5: yeah feeling really good um so far the off-season training has been has been awesome um bodies feeling really good and and uh improving on the injuries that i had last year you know just kind of getting rid of tendonitis and getting rid of things that were kind of bugging me all year but um feeling really good, you know, finally got over that, that great cup that we had. Um, that one really hurt, but you know, you know, over that now and using it as fuel and, uh, yeah, kind of just like in the groove of training and feeling really good.
1: That's, that is fantastic. And in the groove with the family as well, uh, rolling up what's, what's next after rolling over to the tummy is it, will it be walking around and, and scaring mom and dad to, to bits?
5: I don't, I don't know. That's kind of the exciting thing. We're kind of ignorance is bliss right now and we're just taking it on as it comes. So, you know, rolling over onto the tummy, maybe crawling is the next thing, you know, we yeah. got her just eating some solid foods now. So, uh, you know, change time is a little different for us now too. So, uh, we got, we got a whole lot of things going
1: on. Uh that change time being different. just put a lot of images in my head that I didn't want there, but, well, we got them, yeah. Patty. Thank yeah, you. Getting it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for, for giving us some time. I cannot wait to see you back at camp in May and see what you guys will do in 2024. Of course. I appreciate it guys. And can't, uh, can't wait either. He is bombers guard, Patty Neufeld. Nice enough to join us on the bombers winter special. Uh, Christian Amell, Jeff Gray will not be back with the team. So Liam Dobson, you would think, or Tui Ellie gets Mm a, gets a shot. Uh, Kyle Walters also said this draft is rich in offensive linemen. So two changes to be made. Jamarcus is the highest paid offensive lineman in the league, but two changes on a line that we've gotten used to being really, really good for a really long time.
2: Yeah. They added uh, another offensive lineman last week, Kendall Randolph, who was a tight end turned into an O lineman at Alabama. So there's going to be a lot of Americans fighting for that right tackle spot. and, I don't know, right now that kind of feels like the number one battle at camp coming up. It's It's got to be, and
1: it's going to have to be because there's some pretty big shoes to fill. It is 727. Speaking of big shoes, Doug Brown. He's got a hot take on the Bombers' most important signing this offseason. Doug Brown will join us next as we continue on the Blue Bombers Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Planet to the earth, cause the people that hurt can understand that you speaking outlandish. I'ma show you how to make it all work. Another planet, is a short-term goal for
0: Welcome back to the Play Now Blue Bombers Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Play Now, Ben on Manitoba, enjoy responsibly.
1: Just over a couple of months till Blue Bombers training camp, just under three months till the first preseason game, the Bombers and Saskatchewan Rough Riders. When that happens, I'll be in the booth alongside Mr. Doug Brown, who uh, we had a chance to chat a little earlier today. Wanted to get Doug Brown's take on what the Bombers have been doing in the offseason. Doug Brown, we are a couple weeks on the other side of the opening of free agency. Guys are back. Dalton Schoen, Brady Oliveira, guys are not back. Jackson Jeff, Coat, and uh, Jamarcus Hardrick. Overall, how do you feel about where the Bombers are?
3: Well, I think think most importantly for any CFL football team, I think you need to do things in the offseason that excite people. First and foremost, obviously, you want to improve your football team, but you also want to build a pitch level of excitement for your football team in terms of are they going to be dynamic? Are they going to be fun to watch? Are they going to be explosive? And uh, I think the Bombers hit one out of the park uh, right away when they signed Chris Strebler, right? So uh, very few athletes in Manitoba right now as popular as Chris Strebler. Um, You know, him coming back, we're all aware of uh, the kind of play you get from him uh, in his uh, sequence of plays as a quarterback, as a guy that can run the ball, uh, can obviously throw it very well, his style of physicality, just a a, a super popular player. And I think, you know, right off the bat, you get momentum on this football team. You can't discount when you're on a roster and you make a signing like that where it's a great locker room guy, but it brings talent and ability. You know the fans love him. That gets infectious with the players. I think that helps, you know, everybody. It helps situate the football team, and it gets them off on the right foot and pointed in the right direction for the offseason.
1: Yeah, this revolution will be exciting to see as he adds that whole new element. Not that it was really, in my mind, a weak element, because Dakota Prukop did good work. Strebler's a, Strebler's a different different animal in that backfield. As we sit here February 26th, I, I'm looking forward to how good is the Bombers' run game going to be? Brady Oliveira is back on a big and long-term contract, but Jamarcus Hardrick and Jeff Gray are not back on big long-term contracts. Jamarcus is in Saskatchewan. Uh, will we be talking about that in week 10? Uh, Brady back, amazing but Jamarcus is gone and other guys have had to go to make that happen in my mind.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think Jamarcus Hardrick is definitely a loss. I think, uh, you know, I don't think Jeff gray would have been allowed to, uh, uh, you know, show or sell his services elsewhere. If they didn't believe they had someone that could step in and fill his position. I think we are both aware of, uh, who the prospects are for that. So, uh, I think the, the football team, you know, you are going to lose some players. Uh, Jamarcus Hardrick, uh, he what is he, 38 years old when he's going to Saskatchewan? He's returning to Saskatchewan at, at this age. Um, he's, uh, he's not the same player he was when he got here, but, you know, uh, in terms of a run-blocking guy, uh, he does get beat now uh, when he goes against, you know, good defensive ends on, uh, you know, a number of times you can see that we witnessed last year you know, his past pro isn't, isn't probably what it used to be. Um, but very good, uh, emotional leader. Uh, definitely a guy that brings energy to the football team. Definitely a very good run blocking guy, right? Just leaning on people, Mm -hmm. a man of that size, right? Very, uh, he pushes guys downfield for sure. And uh, that's the strength of his game really is his run blocking. So, um, uh, that's a hard guy to replace, right? Tackle. It's, uh, you know, thing. it's, we're all happy. It's not blindsided, but it's it's not ideal to to lose a proven veteran like that. Even a guy on the back nine of his career that's that's a hard guy to replace. So, um, you know, the bombers uh, they also reset. They have Johnny Augustine. They have Brady Oliveira. Um, they're going to be able to uh, substitute for Jeff Gray, and uh, you know, hopefully they'll be able to slot in another American player. Uh, they have a fantastic scouting network. Uh, you can't discount the abilities of those guys uh, to be able to find someone that's going to uh, uh, help us get over the loss of Jamarcus Hardrick. That's the only way you can say that.
1: Yeah. Jamarcus, he'll be 34 when the season kicks off. He's uh, 19, 1990 oh, born May 30th. So, yeah. Okay. Stanley's Stanley's got it by a few years though. People kind of perceive okay. uh, critical parts of this Bombers team being quite old. Some of them aren't, aren't quite as old as we thought. One of them, I think Jackson Jeffcoat not going to be back this year. Willie Jefferson is back, but Jackson didn't feel like he got the attention he he wanted from the team and has chosen to retire at the age of 33. I, I've been pointing out to folks, he only missed 11 games the last three seasons in total. So his injury problems while there weren't necessarily as bad as I think people make them out to be. How big a deal do you believe it is that they won't have Jackson Jeffcoat back?
3: So you said 11 games over three seasons. So that's almost four games a season. And yeah, I mean, that's, it's still. Some but it's not time. six
1: or eight, right? It's it's yeah. people make it seem like he played twice a year.
3: It's a double digit percentage, but it's, uh, it's not six or more. I think uh, something you recognize uh, with Jackson Jeff Code is obviously you don't traditionally get better or healthier. Uh, in terms of your durability as you get older as well, maybe nipping that in the bud. But uh, I think that is what uh, people underestimated was, you know, how much of an issue uh, durability is and being able to count on a guy on a week in and week out basis. And also, you know, I don't know, uh, being prone. The, the word I heard about Jackson Jeffcoat is that, you know, uh, he had minimal well, he had a, a percentage of, of games missed due to injuries, but, uh, he was one of those guys that was more susceptible already. He was one of those players. I think that his body was older than he actually was.
1: It felt you like know, that, that. Yeah.
3: That is the sense I got, um, just watching him talking to people, uh, uh around him, you know, uh, just, uh, an older, uh, a lot of miles on his body that you wouldn't necessarily think that a, a guy of his age, uh, wouldn't be able to recover from. Right. And, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot of money. It's, it's a big gamble. And, uh, when you, uh, I, I really wish I knew what, uh, the percentage of four to eight. So that is about, we're hovering around what 20% of regular season games he will miss. And, uh, I, I just think that uh, a lot of people underestimate the, the value or, or the stock that evaluators, that scouts, that coaches put into knowing that you have a a very high-performing, a very high-level high player um, that's not going to be available for that that number of games and the expectation that, you know, people don't tend to be able to turn that corner mm-hmm. as you get older in terms of being healthy.
1: I, I dropped this stat on, on OB and on a couple of podcasts that I've been on, but I went back through the games that jackson missed in 21 22 and 23 and i looked at willie jefferson's performance in those games cuz you uh, you and i have talked about that on the radio that when jackson's out it feels like different from willie maybe not zero sacks right zero sacks in the 10 games where jackson was not playing but willie was playing he uh, ja- willie would still get quarterback pressure but it just yeah. happened to be that zero sacks and i don't know if that says anything But it aligns with what we saw, which leads me to somebody of Celestin Haba and Anthony Bennett and Taiwan Garbett and whoever might be that opposing defensive end has got to be able to bring pressure because Jackson brings pressure. That was his he could do that always uh, when he played.
3: Yeah, he he had incredible motor, I think. I think when he was into a game and uh, he was had his game conditioning under him. Um, he just uh, he could run down anything you know. He had relentless pursuit to the football, right? He had a, a very good motor. Uh, his get off was uh, was impressive. His speed, his acceleration, his first step, uh, athletic guy, and just tenacity, right? Tenacious uh, chasing and flowing to the football. So that kind of effort level uh, is really with, with a player that's that athletic and talented is it, hard to replace. And and you're right, you know. Um, it's a good thing. Willie Jefferson got pressures. I mean, whether, when you get pressures, whether they're sacks or not, that's, you know, that's a couple of fingers on a Jersey or not. So, um, but you know, Willie Jefferson's getting older as well. And, you know, there used to be a time where it didn't really matter how you block, whether you slid to Willie, you slid away, whether you chipped him, you double, he was just going to blow everything up in the backfield regardless. He's really not necessarily that player anymore. Now. Um, you know, if you, you, you can shut them down with double teams and, and uh, angle blocking and, 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 such, and you can wear them down the game. That's when you need uh, your other edge rusher to be prominent and to, uh, to take that heat off of Willie. So you're right. It's a massive opportunity and undertaking for whoever's going to take that other end spot that Jackson Jeff is vacating because the trickle down effect Throughout the whole defensive line, but largely Willie Jefferson as well, uh, that's huge. That's a big, big deal. Whoever's going to play there, can they force teams to pay attention to him uh, to the degree that that Willie gets some space? That's going to be a critical uh, moment for this defense in 2024.
1: Because Ricky Walker also not back, so a guy like Miles Fox will be asked to step into that role. When training camp rolls around, so as you look at at what's happened, uh, it's kind of a, a multi part question: Are the bombers uh, better, worse, the same than they were in 2023 from a talent perspective? Uh, and well, there've been coaching changes too at defensive coordinator, and will it matter, or are they still the best team in the West as we sit here on February 26th?
3: You know, uh, I think it's it's very hard to say because of how good they are at scouting and how good they are at finding Dalton Shones and how good they are at plugging guys in, in the secondary, uh, to, to fill holes. Um, so I think, you know, where I stand right now, uh, I'd say overall as a team, I think they're going to be about the same. Uh, I think they're going to have some exciting wrinkles. Uh, I think there's a level of energy and excitement on defense with the coordinator change. That's going to add an element. Okay. It's going to add people are going to be wondering, Hey, can we still watch our film on this football team from previous years with, with a new guy coordinating the defense or not? Or are there going to be, uh, I mean, any any coordinator that comes in, even if he was uh, mentored by someone like Richie Hall, there's going to be, he's going to put his own, it was the same as when Paul LaPolice left and Buck Pierce took over, yeah. right? Uh, now, obviously, Richie Hall is staying in the fold, but Buck Pierce's offense, very, very different now, right? His personality is all over that offense, how he likes to play, how he likes to take shots, how he likes to be aggressive. I expect the same thing with the change in uh, coordination on the defensive side of the ball. So I won't underestimate the impact that new players and free agents can have on this football team to the point where I would say, oh, they lost these players, so they're not going to be as good. Because I do feel there will be an investment. I do feel there will be a change to the coaching that'll benefit this team. And I think there'll be new players that'll benefit this team. And then I think a guy like Chris Strebler radically changes the offensive structure just due to the type of athlete and the type of uh, rallying cry type quarterback that he is, the physicality he brings. It's just another wrinkle that I think can take their, their offensive performance to the next level.
1: Doug Brown high on the Strevolution and his impact this coming season.
2: Well, I mean, he was a difference maker in 2019. It was five years ago, but I mean, that's a wrinkle that other teams don't have on their team, unless you think Tommy Stevens can (laughs) be that in Calgary, but it, We'll see. It's but, been it's been a long time since he's been up here,
1: right? Prayers up for defenders who feel like, well, I got to either tackle Strevler or Brady Oliveira, and trying to decide yes. which one you would rather. Because neither would be the, my answer to that one. Seven forty six. We'll take a break, Mister Two Thousand. Brady Oliveira on the other side as we continue on the Bombers Winter Special on Six Eighty. CJOB.
0: Welcome back to the Play Now Blue Bombers Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Play Now. Bet on Manitoba. Enjoy responsibly.
1: Derek Taylor, Christian Amell with you, and I hammer through the uh, weather because I want more time with Mr. 2000, Brady Oliveira, who, uh, Brady, we talked in, in, during the season about how much you love Bali, and you were back there immediately in this offseason. Is that right? Yeah,
6: I'm just uh, I'm not cool right now. Uh, it's uh, pro- probably one of the favorite places in the world right now. I uh, decided to come back again this year. Uh, yeah, it's it's a vibe out here, man, and it's uh, probably like 32 degrees right now, and it's only 10 a.m. and the sun is beaming, so
1: it's really nice. I I went to the Lonely Planet guide to Bali, and I pulled out this uh, this description. It's more than a place; it's a mood, an aspiration, a tropical state of mind. Agree or disagree?
6: Absolutely agree. It's, uh, that's spot on, man. It's just, uh, yeah, that's, that's totally
1: accurate. I love it. I love it. Uh, Brady Oliveira, of course, signing to return to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, getting the richest, uh, free agent deal for a running back. Why, what made you want to come back to Winnipeg, Brady?
6: Yeah, you know, I just, the, the biggest thing for me was, uh, you know, my teammates in that locker room. Uh, just the, the, the connections and relationships that i built with, you know, so many people in that locker room. And then obviously my coaches was another, you know, deciding factor, you know, obviously wanting to play for OSHA. I couldn't imagine myself playing for another head coach. Um, and then also uh, my running back coach, you know, coach Jason Hogan, that's uh, he, like I said, he's, he's had a vital part in my success. Um, he proved me into such a good Canadian, uh, running back and continuing to, you know, evolve and get better and, and get on the same page together. So, um, you know, when I found out he was coming back as well, uh, I knew I had to make things work and to come back. So, um, you know, a mixture of also my teammates, coaches, and obviously you guys know, you know, me, me, me being from Winnipeg, uh, the ties that hatch to the city, you know, the opportunities that I get off the field in Winnipeg. So, um, it was a no brainer for me to come back. Uh, and, I, and I'm glad it worked out.
1: I, I'm always curious to to ask guys, Brady. What does it feel like to earn a giant contract? And I always like to emphasize "earn" because uh, they don't hand running backs big contracts for for being lazy and not going out and busting it every every time. What's the feeling that that you take from earning a big new contract?
6: Absolutely, it was. Uh definitely a work in progress right we, we put lots of work in you know obviously the last deal i signed uh i had to prove myself more and obviously was on a, a lot left of a contract so i knew this day, this day would eventually come and um yeah you know you kind of reap, reap your benefits now and it feels good it feels good to, uh you know get the money that I, I deserve and that i've earned um and like you said obviously you know the running back position, I think, is, you know, it's a dime a dozen. And the fact that I was able to, you know, get paid a decent decent chunk of money um, at that position um, is good. But obviously, you know, I've earned it. Uh, I've been very productive, uh, I've been healthy, playing every single game. So it definitely feels good to get rewarded.
2: Well, you still have Stanley Bryant. You still have Pat Newfeld. A lot of the old line that, familiar with Chris Kolenkowski. What's going to be like not having Jamarcus Hardrick blocking for you this year?
6: Yeah, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be tough. I think, uh, obviously his, his standard of play is, is one thing that I, I love about him most. Uh, we're going to miss him, but I think, uh, another big thing that we're going to miss is just his presence in the locker room. Uh, the energy that he brings every single day and, and his tenacious, uh, you know, attitude towards the game. I mean, there's so many things about Yosha that uh, is going to be missed. So, um, you know, i I wish him well down the South. He's he definitely earned it. Um, you know, he was, you know, the best lineman in the league last year and, uh, it'd be missed. But, you know, with that being said, we have a great unit still, um, you know, guys that I'm very, very familiar with. We've continuing to build a strong chemistry together. And that was also another thing. I, I, I don't want to go to another team and, and have to, you know, start from, you know, the ground up and, and build that chemistry with the offensive line because, like I said, you know, they're a vital, vital part of my success. And the fact that we have, you know, the main core group of guys coming back, and we have got some very young, good young guys that um, are deserving of an opportunity now to see uh, if they can, you know, withstand a bigger workload. So it's going to be very exciting. But you know, we. I still uh, still strongly believe that we got the best in the league, so um, I'm ready to go prove that this year and, and go put up some big numbers with my guys.
2: How much pride do you have playing in your hometown?
6: Nah, I think I think you guys all see it. I mean, I, that's why I came back. I had a lot bigger, bigger, bigger offers in front of me, um, and I decided not to not to take them. You know, I obviously gave them, I gave them a look with my instinct, but at the end of the day, I just I knew where I wanted to be. Um, just you know, the feeling that I get running out of that tunnel, you know, on game days, in front of you know, all the fa- the fans and, and the fan base that I'm creating by myself, and and my and my family there, and my friends are there. It's just it's been it's been amazing, and uh, I just I couldn't see myself going to another team, and and I'm going through do the same experience, and I'm living on a dream here, and let's see how long the dream. So I'll have to extend another two more years and the mails for sure I'm going to take for another two more years and But um but yeah, it's just the love of support that all the me and all my teammates get in the city on a day to day basis playing for the Bombers and, and the support we get on game days and it's just uh, I truly don't think there's another fan base like this in, in the league and uh, the part that I don't get an hour on my I mean
1: Brady thank you so much for uh, for giving us some time on this what is for you uh Tuesday morning uh, uh gosh I can't wait to see you back in camp and uh the my a friend of mine who gave each of his sons a Brady Oliveira jersey this off season thank you from them because they don't have to uh they can wear those jerseys proudly for at least a couple more years Absolutely that's great I would love to hear it Brady Oliveira, Mr. 2000, 2,000 yards from scrimmage, the first back in the Canadian Football League to put up those numbers since 2013. I'm looking to run it back in 2024 and, and f- 2025.
2: And the phone held up well from 14,000 kilometers away. Man, is it that, man. I I wish we had more time to
1: talk about just what everything Bali has uh-huh. to offer. That, that'll be a training camp conversation. 7.57, we will break. Willie Jefferson on the other side at 8.05 about not having, Jackson Jeffcoat on his opposite end—a big change coming for this Bombers defense in 2024. That's as we continue on the Blue Bombers Winter Special on 680 CJOB. You know what
7: I need. I
0: Welcome to the Play Now annual Blue Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Play Now. Bet on Manitoba. Enjoy responsibly. Here are your hosts, Derek Taylor and Christian O'Mel.
1: 60 minutes are in the books. One half. Three great interviews. Brady Olivera. Of course, we heard from Doug Brown. He was he was fantastic, but a different kind of interview. Patty Neufeld on watching babies roll onto their tummy. And when grown men say tummy, I always enjoy that. When large men say tummy. Yes. I enjoy that. And uh, Jamal Parker, a guy who's got um, more ahead of him this season. Opportunities in that defensive backfield for guys like Jamal Parker. Uh, If you missed any of this, you can check out the uh, Blue Bomber podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts as we enjoy the Blue Bomber winter special. Derek Taylor and Christian O'Mell as we try to connect with Willie Jefferson. And for the first time since Willie became a Winnipeg Blue Bomber, he will not have Jackson Jeffcoat. On the other side, we got so used to Christian for so many years, having two dominant defensive ends playing on the offense, on the defensive line. Pardon me. Now there's a the prospect of it might just be Willie
2: playing together for 12 games a year, right? Cause Jeff coat would usually miss six games a year. Um, but when they were healthy and in the playoffs, he was out there. They were a difference maker. I'll never forget 2019 in that great cup where Jeff coat and Jefferson annihilated the Hamilton offensive line and made Dane Evans' life miserable, yeah. In that Great Cup game, and that was you know five years ago now. I understand that, but th- that tandem has still been a difference-making tandem when they're out there together. And the and the Blue Bombers' defense isn't as stingy as twenty-one because that was a legendarily good defense. But they're still a team that is predicated on getting to the passer because there have been times over the last year or two where the secondary wasn't maybe as crisp as it had been and getting to the quarterback is a big part of that so you got willie on one side and then you've got an opening you've got an opportunity for whether it's anthony bennett to maybe get into the rotation who is it going to be that makes that jump to fill that spot they've got defensive tackle uh they've got a bunch of guys rotating in and out there teedra canton's gone now too but there are there are spots for sure in years past we haven't really had big training camp battles right this team's been so set year after year where we've got kind of the same spot, that that defensive end going up against an offensive tackle, both on that same side of the ball that are going to be new for this team. And who fills those gaps and how well they fill those gaps is going to go a long way to seeing if this team can get back on the podium.
1: One thing, just as I was diving through what we're going to talk about with William, he, he plays a lot of football. Like he's out there for... Every play, and and a lot of football, a lot of guys play a lot of football, but Willie, I went back through it uh, four years with the Bombers. He missed one game, week 21 or the final game of this past season because they were resting him. So he's missed zero games with injury. And I went back through it because I was talking to another player earlier today, and, well, he might have missed that game in Edmonton because of injury, but other than that, he plays every game. And he plays virtually every down of every game. To play 76 games since he joined the Bombers, playoffs included, and not get injured. I mean, he's obviously not getting pulled because he's ineffective. But to not get injured, to be healthy and be dominant, is it's almost as impressive as him swatting all those balls down at the line of scrimmage and setting CFL records at that.
2: And he's on kick coverage too, right? Or not, you know, not punt coverage, but he's out there blocking four. Sergio Castillo and trying to block the other team's kicks. He's on
1: hands team on kickoff. If the short kickoffs are coming, it's it, it, just an incredible, incredible. And he's thirty three now. Still, still got it. Yeah, <laughs> still,
2: still got it. He had but eleven sacks last year.
1: It's it, it's interesting, and we'll talk plenty more about this as, as we get to the the final segment. But there are a lot of changes coming for this season, right? There's no Jackson Jeffcoat. Okay, dominant defensive player when he played Ricky Walker. Gone. They have to move on, to find another defensive tackle, something that they're fairly used to uh, along the way. Um a new receiver for Rashid Bailey, who signed in Toronto. A uh, couple of spots in the defensive backfield, a couple of spots on the offensive line. What about Janarian Grant? There's a, there's a, there's a lot of changes, but one constant, you know, through these changes, okay? It's, it's Stove, it's Casey Sales, it's Ricky Walker in the interior. It's now Miles Fox, whoever it might be. There's always been Willie and you could always mm-hmm. count on Willie to uh, destroy offenses and sop up some of the attention that uh, other guys may not want because he's always willing to put himself out there.
2: Right, and what? so is it Cam Lawson who gets a bigger role with this team now? Celestin Habba played a little bit here and there. Yeah, I feel like, are they, are they more tackles than they are ends, though? Habba's a, <laughs> a defensive end. He
1: got a couple. He got a start in for Jackson a couple during the season. Right. It'll be something to uh, to check as we go along. Tamana, we do have... Let's bring him in. Uh, nice enough to jump on with us. He is uh, a tackle and future Hall of Famer, future Ring of Honor, future everything. Stanley Bryant, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing very well. Thanks so much for 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 giving us some time. Uh, you played against them both in in practice in spots. Uh, tell me about Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat as a tandem.
8: Ooh, as a tandem, tandem. You know, uh, you know, Jeffcoat. He's a more the a more physical rusher. Um, he's more of the bruiser. Um, Willie, you know, he's a freak athlete. Um, he's more of the, um, the guys who get out there. Like you said, get up to the quarterback, bat, bat balls down, things like that. So they work well together. Um, they complement each other very well. Um, they feed off each other very well. So, I mean, I, I know Jeff goes to the tire, but I feel like Willie will step up even more now and show what he can do.
1: Now, tell me about uh, another great duo, uh, Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick, because uh, it makes me sad that I won't get to see you two guys working together this coming season.
8: Yeah, yeah. It's been a long seven years, uh, but us two been playing together. Um, You know, it was was, uh, pretty rough um, that he left, but, I mean, things had to be done. Um, Decisions had to be made. I'm happy for him. Uh, It'll be something I have to get accustomed to. Get somebody up under to show them how to how to do things uh, on offensive lines, offensive tackle. Of I mean, not someone trying to be DeMarcus, but someone else just finding their own identity, not trying to be him, and just stepping in there and be willing to play and, and be that that next guy up mentality that we've been have and going out there and, and balling like we know how
2: to do. Going back to Willie Jefferson, how much do you think practicing against him and trying to block him at practice made you a better offensive lineman these last number of years?
8: Uh, it's made me ten times better. Uh, you know, Willie's one of those guys. He's gonna compete. Um, you kind of think you know what he's gonna do, but you may think he's going inside. He's flying outside. You think he's going outside. He's flying inside. We're gonna keep you on your toes. Um, like I said, for a freakish athlete, um, has the length, has the power, has the speed. So it's 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 great going against him. Um, iron sharpens iron. So it's, it's great every every practice to get a chance to go against each other.
1: Tackle Stanley Bryant, nice to have to join us in the Bombers winter special. Uh, we talked to Patty Neufeld, who have, will who have a different guy to his right this coming season. You are going to have a different guy playing to your right this season. Uh, if you could uh, brag about the prospect of uh, Liam Dobson or Tui Ali or whoever might be at that left guard spot with you. Um, both Liam and
8: Tui are both physical guys. Um, they love the game of football. They get downfield, throw guys around. Uh, finish guys into the, to the dirt. Um, you know, those guys, they work hard. And it's, it's good to see those guys that they waited their turn. And now they're going to go out there, get a chance to pay their dues and, and do what needs to be done. So, I mean, in camp, I'm looking forward to those guys, both of them going out there to compete, um, see what they can do. I'm, I'm used to seeing those guys in practice. And even when I got a chance to start with Liam and two, we got to start last year. Well, last, last year, mm-hmm. uh, both of them played great. So it'd be good to to get out there and see what they can do, you know, with a, a full camp under their belt, getting starter reps and things like
1: that, and how we can put it together. How are you feeling, Stanley, coming into 2024? Feeling amazing.
3: <laughs> I don't know how that,
1: like, and this is the thing, uh, Christian and I were talking about Willie Jefferson never misses games. You never miss games with injuries. I How, how does that happen?
8: Um, honestly, I couldn't tell you. Um, I think a lot of people just be praying for me. Um, as I go out there each and every game and practice and I stay injury free it's, it's one of those things that you just can't explain you know some some people are known to have the injury bug and things like that some guys aren't so I'm just blessed to be one of those guys that's, that's always to be always capable of being available when time near
1: so no tips about yoga or copper lined pajamas or drinks with acai berries in them nothing like that is what's fueling you no magic
8: no no magic just uh no strict diet Just a lot of McDonald's Popeye's And things like that uh, I'm just
1: joking <laughs> uh, Popeye's kept running that. Spe- you gave
2: Derek some hope There for uh, a moment
1: Popeye's Stanley Kept running that special About five different Flavors of wings And I didn't go For any of them And I'm kicking myself now
2: It's killing me
8: <laughs> Hey I did the ghost, honestly- were, uh, the, ghost, the ghost pepper wings Were okay though
1: They wasn't too hot But they were they're pretty solid. I have had those before. Ah, uh, that's good stuff, Stanley. Thanks for jumping on with us uh, on an emergency basis. Here, we appreciate you. And, uh, man, I cannot wait to see you uh, back in May when camp begins. Thank you, my friend. No problem. Thanks for having me, Bombers. In, t- Bombers tackle Stanley Bryant, nice enough to join us on the Blue Bombers. The wings
2: weren't that great. Winter special.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, it's, they looked really good in the commercial. They did. And that lady is convincing. So they, they, they convinced me to try it. <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> it is 8 14. We will break. Bombers' new defensive coordinator, Jordan Younger, joins us next. How will he generate pass rush with no Jackson Jeffcoat? And will defensive backs be sitting up front in meetings now because he's moving on up? Favoritism, maybe? Just joking, but we'll talk with Jordan Younger coming up on the Blue Bombers Winter Special on 680. CJOB.
0: Welcome back to the Play Now Blue Bombers Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Play Now. Ben on Manitoba. Enjoy responsibly.
1: Derek Taylor and Christian O'Mell with you for the Bombers Winter Special. And we welcome in defensive coordinator Jordan Younger. Uh, Jordan, quick question for you off the top. My wife wants to go on a trip. Would you recommend Amsterdam or Dusseldorf, Germany?
7: Oh. It depends on what you uh, like to do on vacation. I'd say uh, a a safer bet is probably Dusseldorf, Germany. It's beautiful. Um, Amsterdam can get a little wild. Also very fun, but Amsterdam can be a little wild.
1: Yeah, I'm a more stay-in-the-basement-and-hack-away-at-the-computer guy, so maybe Amsterdam's a little too... uh, You lived in both those places and played in both those places, right? I did. I did. How was that for you? What was that like as a player?
7: Um, that was, it was probably one of the most beneficial experiences of my life at that point. Um, I, you know, I was from a city, Trenton, New Jersey, you know, and I hadn't had much exposure, you know, definitely outside of the borders of the United States growing up. So, you know, being able to, to kind of live there, being forced to kind of learn another language, live within another culture and kind of learn those things really kind of opened my eyes up and. And I got a great appreciation for both places, although um, Düsseldorf, Germany especially. Like, that was one of the bigger surprises. It's really beautiful. It's a nice, it's a beautiful city.
1: It's been a few years. Do you have much Dutch or German speaking still in you? Oh, no, not at all. Okay. We probably
7: majored in just left and right, being able to tell a car driver where to go. Um, Other than that, you know, most of the places we went, people spoke English. Yeah. Very educated, very educated population.
1: All right. Uh, As we mentioned off the top, defensive coordinator Jordan Younger. Now, what does it mean to you that the Bombers saw something in you and said, "Yeah, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna move you up, and you're gonna be in charge of the defense now."
7: Oh man, I'm 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 blessed. It's uh, an honor, you know, coming from Mike O'Shea, um, you know, the guy ultimately responsible for the decision. Um, you know, I, I know how much this game means to him. How much the Winnipeg Blue Bombers mean to him. And, you know, for him to, in this situation, you know, give me the keys to the car, so to speak, says a lot about, you know, how much he trusts me and I'm, you know, getting honored.
2: What do the Winnipeg Blue Bombers mean to you? Um,
7: just, it was a a place where, like, you know, I always loved football and always enjoyed the X's and O's aspect, but, um, the, the environment that the the players, that Michael Shea Foster's and the players kind of, you know, like, you know, they run it. It's their show. Um, it, it's it's a unique place, and, and it shows me that you don't necessarily have to fall within a very narrow parameter of, you know, the way, in terms of the way you communicate and operate with the players in order to have success. So, like, just kind of reaffirming that, you know, making me feel as if, you know, just giving me that, the affirmation that you know you can do this. Being a good person, you don't have to step on people's necks. You don't have to make it a high-stress environment. You can really just have fun and empower the players um, to kind of you know lead the way.
2: At what point in your playing career did coaching enter your thoughts of what to do after you were done?
7: Uh, let me see how did this how did this start? Um, right after football, uh, I started a with, a with a friend of mine. Uh, started a football development company where we were training, you know, high school, uh, junior high school, Canadian athletes, you know, kind of just training them, giving them that, that high-level training, exposing them to what they needed to know in order to have success at the next level. So in that aspect, the the training and the development part was, you know, was always attractive to me. Um, it was Scott Milanovich who had a situation in the opening on his staff, I believe it was 2015, um, he reached out, and I, you know, I, I wasn't actively searching for a defensive back job in the CFL. He reached out, and like over the course of that time, I, I had a lot of fun with it. And I, you know, I believe that, you know, I learned, you know, I, I could do this. I could have some fun doing this. So I, I enjoyed it. It was 2015. Scott Milanovich came call, and I appreciate it.
1: Well, and Jordan, you can tell that, that the guys that work under you uh, appreciate the chance to uh, to work with you. Since since the Bombers made the move, have, have you had the chance to talk to Richie Hall?
7: Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we've talked on numerous occasions, uh, one-on-one and as a staff. Uh, I can't say enough about how special of a person uh, that Richie Hall is. You know, as um, you know, I've said this before, but the level of grace that he handled this situation with, um, was really reassuring to me because, you know, I think anybody anybody competitive and, and that works hard wants to keep, you know, moving up the ladder, so to speak, but you don't want to do it at the expense of the people you care about. And, you know, I care a lot about Richie Hall. So, you know, the, the way he was able to kind of stay on board or get on board with this and, you know, uh, it, it feels like, you know, we'll we'll, we'll be fine will be good.
2: You're normally on the sidelines as the DB coach and Richie would be upstairs. Are you going to be moving upstairs too? Um
7: I I'm not sure. Like I, right now I think I like being on the sideline, you know. I, um I I've done it both ways. I've been up top, not as a coordinator of course, but I've been up top and I've been down on the sideline and I I feel like I personally have a better feel of the game when I'm on the sideline.
1: Yeah, it's something you can you can absolutely play with now that you will be the man in charge. Um I'm excited to see see your style and what you bring. I'm I'm curious Jordan, how will you generate pass rush with no more Jackson Jeffcoat, which man that had to be a real plus for defensive coaches for the last few years here in Bomberville.
7: Yeah, I mean you can't you can't place you can't replace a guy like Jackson Jeffcoat, you know, immensely talented um physically and then he had the, you know, the mental toughness, the work ethic to just thrive in this game. And like he was really built to be a pass rusher. So you're not going to be able to re- replace that guy. Um, what we do have are some very capable football players. And right now, though we may not be able to replace that, you know, or, or, or put one position in that spot, what we can do is, you know, present different looks and, and make the offense work a little bit harder about who to identify as far as those pass wrestlers
1: will be. I like it. And just one final one, Tyrell Ford is back after a year of trying the NFL. Uh, what kind of future in the CFL do you feel Tyrell Ford has in front of him?
7: Um, I mean, the sky's the limit for him physically. He's as capable as any, you know, import defensive back in the league. So you start there, there's no deficiency in his physical talent. Um, Add to that that he's always played the Canadian game. So the motion and all of those things are nothing new to him. I think really it's just getting, uh, you know, a matter of reps, fine-tuning, you know, his skill set and really just kind of, you know, getting a grasp for who he is as a football player as far as his strengths and weaknesses go. But uh, again, the sky's the limit, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for him, of course.
1: Uh, Jordan, I'm looking forward to training camp. I'm looking forward to harassing you on every day too, with interviews about why are you doing this, why aren't you doing this, what about this, how about these? I can't, I can't wait. You got to do all those interviews now, though.
7: Oh no, no problem. It, you know, it comes with the territory. And again, it's an honor, you know, to be the defensive coordinator for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So whatever challenges those interviews are, you know, I'm up for it.
1: <laughs> Jordan, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Bombers defensive coordinator Jordan Younger nice enough to join us on the Blue Bombers winter special. It's a change, Christian Amel. It's it's a change and like from Paul Lapolis to Buck Pierce. I don't know if I know the if I understand all the ramifications of it, but just to see how Jordan is going to yeah. do things will be interesting to me. What when do they blitz? When do they cover? How how do they deal who's going to generate pass rush opposite Willie Jefferson will be the first thing I'm looking for.
2: Absolutely, but what we need now is to take a break Because our producer is going to be mad at us And so we got Zach Kalaris next on the Blue Bomber Winter Special
0: Welcome back to the Play Now Blue Bombers Winter Special On 680 CJOB Play Now, bet on Manitoba, enjoy responsibly 8.33,
1: 8.33, Derek Taylor, Christian Amell for the Blue Bombers winter special. We'll welcome in the quarterback, Zach Calaris, uh coming up. Tamanna's is still working on that? Oh, no, we got him. Oh, no, we do have the quarterback, Zach Calaris, uh with us. Uh, Zach, thank you for giving us some time on this cold February night. Come on, DJ. I'm punctual, man. You know that. No, I just, huh? that's, that's, my, that's my weakness as a host. I can't put that on you. That's on me. <laughs> How you guys doing? Uh, doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. We're looking forward to it's what three months to camp, and I'm just super excited uh, talking to talking to everybody. What are your what's your excitement level for for the 2024 football season?
9: Well, it's always exciting. Um, you know, obviously, you, you don't finish the way you want to finish. You know, not to get started on that topic already. If that was something you you, you might have wanted to bring up there, but uh, you know, you, you don't finish the way you want to finish uh, a season and uh you know you're, you're 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 champing at the bit to get back. I uh I actually learned how to say that properly there, champ at the bit now. Shout out to the to Hallett's and Michael O'Shea correct me on that. But uh yeah we're yeah, we're excited. You know, train's been going well. Um, uh, you know, it's still cold here in Ontario, so haven't gotten outside a ton, but um yeah, my my family is uh is definitely excited to get back out there. Uh,
1: did you think it'd be possible that both Brady Oliveira and Dalton Schoen would be back for the season?
9: Uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, with the other pieces moving around, you know, when a, when a guy like Yosh, you know, moves on, I guess that opens things up. So, um, you know, I guess I didn't put a ton of thought into which combination of guys we're going to be able to come back, or you know, I was hoping for everybody. You know, obviously, I, I know that's probably unrealistic, but the way that I I look at it the last, um, you know, three four years, we've won a lot of football games, and if you're able to bring as many guys back as possible. Uh, that's, that's what you want to do. And, you know, self for I wanted everybody
1: to be back. Yeah. When you, when you heard specifically that Brady and Dalton were both going to be back, what, what was your, I can imagine what your reaction was, but tell us what your reaction was.
5: Yeah.
9: I mean, I, I think it was Brady first that morning and, uh, you know, which was kind of a, you know, a huge relief. You know, he does a lot, obviously in our offense uh, for the team, uh, for the locker room. So that was huge. And then, you know, obviously it you know, caught wind that there was an opportunity for Dalton to, uh, to get done too. So, uh, we're very excited about that You know, both those guys, the amount of production you know, just from a, a football standpoint it would be really hard to replace but uh, they both mean a lot to the locker room uh, and to the guys in there so uh, you know, we're, we're fired up about that
2: You mentioned Jamarcus Hardrick leaving what's that going to mean for the team and what is it going to mean to have someone new on that offensive line two new spots in fact because Jeff Gray's gone too you're going to have two holes to fill there
9: yeah I mean to Marcus is huge obviously uh, a yeah, really decorated uh, career he had you know in Winnipeg and um, you know, you, you're able to to play with a certain comfort uh, you know the guy had a right tackle and and obviously Stanley at left and, and just being able to drop back uh, so you know I'm, I'm sure we're gonna have a competition for that spot uh, offensively there's ways that you can you know obviously help. Um, certain positions, whether it's, you know, you know, three more screen passes, you know, mixing in uh, different actions on first and 10 and, and things of that nature. But I'm sure the, the coaches are already, you know, working hard at that, but uh, it, yeah, losing a guy like that. And obviously, um, you know, I know Jeff's on anywhere right now, but uh, a guy like Jeff as well um, can play. You know, played guard at a high level for us the last two seasons and uh, can obviously flex out the to, to, to tackle. He's a, a local kid, so I was uh, surprised by that. You know, and he means a lot to that offensive line room as well. So I know he's still out there, so hopefully, you know, maybe something can happen.
2: What about the re addition, I suppose, of Chris Streveler in the quarterback room?
9: Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, obviously another weapon that we can add uh, into the offense. I know he's uh, you know, like I've always said about Chris, you know, only being around him for three, four weeks, he's a great teammate. Um, you know, guys, guys love him in, in our locker room. And we have a lot of the same guys that were there back in, in 18 and 19. So, uh, it's a welcome addition. I think, uh, obviously he's an unbelievable athlete, uh, off the charts there. And he could do so many things, uh, you know, not just with his arm, but with his feet. So, uh, it's definitely a welcome uh, addition into our offense
1: and, and, with buck and and his familiarity that there's definitely some packages i'm sure we'll be able to use quarterback zach Kalaris, nice enough to join us on the blue bombers winter special i just want to ask you one thing about 2023 because i've been ripping through a lot of your guys' games these last couple of weeks and just some of the plays that that you made within this offense do you have a favorite throw you made last season i don't know if you think that way but do you have a favorite throw from last season No, so, I mean
9: there's a couple that probably stand out. You know, it's usually plays that we were probably trying to get called for a long time.
1: Oh, we're losing Zach's connection a little bit there. Uh oh. Can, can you guys hear me? Sorry. Yeah, Zach, Hello? you're back a little bit. Yeah, you're good.
9: Sorry about that. Yeah, but there's a uh, there's always a handful of them, but uh, it usually comes down to plays that you wanted to get called up. Uh, for a while, and there was one Labor Day game, uh, a a play that we've been working on for for quite a while that Buck called, and uh, I think I had a slide to my left and and threw one, you know, kind of across my body to Nick, and Nick made an unbelievable catch down around the two-yard line. Um, So that one stands out, but, you know, more so just for the scheme of it and Uh, you know, repping it in practice. And anytime you rep it well in practice, you know, you think it's going to be successful in the game. So, uh, you know, those ones always stand out. Do you have one on top of your mind there?
1: See, and and this is why it's (laughs) it's from Labor Day as well. Um, Labor Day, it goes to overtime. Saskatchewan drives and they score a touchdown. They get the two-point convert. First play for the offense, you just drop a dime on Kenny Lawler, who has a half a step on Jeremy Clark. And I just... I I re- I wound it back like nine times, going. I don't know how Zach does this stuff sometimes.
9: <laughs> well, it's it's a uh, muscle eater when you got uh, a guy so, that running around. And that was uh, a play that we reped a ton as well. And uh, you know, anytime you you drop back twenty or thirty times in a game, you get a feel for what the defense is doing. And you know, Saskatchewan in that in that situation was doing something they've been doing all game long. So. Uh, you know, again, you, you just think to yourself, okay, I, this should be there. And, and you know, you, you're in the guy, you have a guy like Kenny
1: Lawler there. Uh, you just want to give him an opportunity to play, and, and he usually comes down with it. Oh, gosh. And then I, I hope I wrote it down. Uh, I I didn't write it down, but uh, Kenny had one. Uh, this may not mean anything to you. You're going left to right. Kenny had one where he just got a brutal – there was a brutal no-call on pass interference. It might have been in Edmonton. Uh, brutal no-call pass interference. And the very next play, you go, all right, we're giving us to Kenny in the end zone, and he scores a touchdown. And I go, man, that's that's either Zach's got a sense of humor or Buck's got a sense of humor or somebody going, yeah, you robbed us of this one, but we're going to take this one. I just, I, I, I enjoy the work that you guys do so much.
9: Yeah, I, I can't remember that one. That's uh, surprising. Might have been Hamilton. But yeah, we. I mean, it's the Oh, it was it was Hamilton, yeah, 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 on the right side there, going in toward the locker room.
1: Yes, yep, yeah, that's the one.
9: Yeah, yeah, they called the. Uh, yeah, Kenny was was not happy about that incompletion call <laughs> yeah, the play before, and uh, yeah, we got a we got a again a, kind of a, a late ad there that week that uh, Buck called up, and again when you have an opportunity with a guy like Kenny, you're just gonna. You know, throw it out there for him, and and he made a heck of a play on the ball again. So that's, great call, great
1: play by him. That's right. It was a bad inc- bad incompletion call, and not pass interference. Uh, yeah. All right, um, Zach. I'm curious. Uh, Drew Brown's now the man in uh, Ottawa, at least presumably. Did you, did you talk to him much about uh, free agency, the future, the rest of the CFL, as he was going to make that decision?
9: Yeah, I did. I, I talked to Drew every day. Uh, like you know, like I said during the season and, and afterwards. Uh, yeah, so going to be a, a close friend for, you know, I hope for the rest of my life. So, um, you know, kind of talking through uh, the process that that I was involved with younger in my career as well. And, and I really didn't have anybody to lean on. So I wanted to uh, to be able to be there for him for that. And, uh, you know, I had some fam- familiarity with, um, you know, some of the teams that were looking at him and, and those systems. So I, I helped him out as best I could. And I, and I think he made a really good decision.
1: Did you give him the Kenny Lawler line of "Don't go to Edmonton"? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I didn't.
9: I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if uh, if Edmonton was in on it or not. No. We, didn't, we didn't have that. We didn't have that chat. I don't think Chris is going to reach out to me for for, uh, for that kind of stuff either. So it's all good.
1: Yeah, I just I imagine that's the one way you and Kenny Lawler are different dudes. So I just wanted to to <laughs> to, to, to throw them. I think. Uh, I think Drew can watch it. Drew's a,
9: Drew's a gym rat. He's a film rat. So uh, he he can figure that one
2: out. I have to do my journalistic best here. You were spotted in the suite at the Chiefs-Bills playoff game, obviously not too far from the GTA Buffalo. How much did you hear from people that caught a glimpse of you on TV during that game? Because I just looked up Zach Kolaris Chiefs, and there's a bunch of articles written about how you were spotted in the suite at the Chiefs game.
9: Uh yeah, there was a uh, there was a lot of people that reached out, obviously the bombers and uh, you know even to my agent to inquire about it. You know I obviously I knew what they wanted to talk about and uh, you know Travis is a good friend of mine. I'm in no place to speak on his relationship stuff. So uh, I thought it was, but I did, I did think it was very interesting because I you know we we played this game up here for a long time and uh, you know we're fortunate enough to be on TV enough that our families and friends back home can watch and I had people coming out of the woodwork sending me messages, uh, you know, just for, just for being in a sleep with some of the people that I was in there with. So it was, uh, it was very interesting. I'll tell you that.
2: Just being surrounded by famous people, I guess. I guess so. Man,
1: Zach, thank you so much for, for giving us some time on this Monday night. Uh, appreciate it. And I cannot wait to see you guys in action. Uh, come, Mar- come May when, uh, when camp begins. I'm looking forward to it too, guys. Thanks for having me on. He is the quarterback, Zach Kalaris. Nice enough to join us on the Blue Bombers winter special. Hopefully traffic
2: in Ontario is not too bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah, cold there too. At least that's encouraging for what's coming for us here in Manitoba. 8:44 on the other side. Christian and I will break down are the Bombers better or worse than they were last season? Ooh. Are they still the favorites in the West, or is it somebody else? Are they the favorites to win the Grey Cup? For a fourth straight season things we shall discuss as we continue the blue bombers winter special on 680 CJOB
0: welcome back to the play now blue bombers winter special on 680 CJOB play now bet on Manitoba enjoy responsibly
1: Bombers Winter Special continues. Derek Taylor and Christian Omel with Where do we believe the Bombers are as we speak? Uh, today was the news that Rashid Bailey has signed with the Toronto Argos. Kyle Walters had said on Valentine's Day that we're going to let Rashid go. So, yeah. this is not a surprise. They need a receiver to fill Rashid Bailey's spot. They need a defensive tackle potentially to fill Ricky Walker's spot. Someone's got to be the new Jackson Jeff Coat, Demario Houston, Winston Rose. Janarian Grant is at this moment not signed. There are still questions to be answered when camp go- rolls around. So, Christian, the first question is, are the Bombers talent-wise as good as they were last year, worse than they were last year, or
2: even on where they were last year? At first blush, the instinct is to say a slightly less talented than last year, but also it is February still. And so we have to recognize that there are there's going to be scouting done We've seen year after year, the scouting staff of this team pluck guys from the U.S. They find people to come in, especially on defense, and they their names we don't know at this point. But by the end of the summer, whether it's Evan Holm, whether it's Jamal Parker, Dietrich Nichols, D. Alford, who's now with the Atlanta Falcons, these are guys that were not drafted by the team. They just came into They were found. They came into camp and made a difference. I trust that's going to happen again. And you've mentioned, too, the— Ricky Walker. And that before that was Casey sales. And before that it was Steve Richardson. These were guys that were not drafted by the blue bombers. They were found and brought in Mm -hmm. and made a big difference. So, you know, they're a lot of key guys are another year older. That's still going to be a storyline for this team. There are more holes to fill than we have seen in years past in this, in this golden era that they're in right now of going to four straight gray cup games. Right. I think this is the most questions perhaps, but they still got the best running back. They've still got the best quarterback. They've still got a pretty good offensive line. They have the Nick, best offense in the CFL. Nick Demski is back. Dalton Schoen is back. Mm. Kenny Lawler is back, right? Sergio Castillo is back. Very reliable kicker. Set the franchise record for field goal percentage last year. And you've still got a lot of defensive pl- difference makers. They are currently not the favorites on playout.com Thanks for sponsoring tonight's show. Plus 250. Toronto Argos. Argos are plus 200. Yeah. But it's, you know, BC's next at plus 650. The the familiarity and the continuity, especially of the offense, still makes me think. And as we as I I think, jump to your second question, which is, are they still the favorites? I say yes. Yeah, they are.
1: I, I absolutely agree with that. BC got BC through for agency. They got their bones picked a little bit, and their best their best non quarterback on offense is out for most of the season. Keon Hatcher tore his Achilles in the West yep. final. He's going to be back in October if he play if it comes to average TJ Lee may not be the top halfback in the Canadian football league anymore, but that guy starts and has started all the time in BC. He's out till October as well, based on stuff. Okay. Jalen Edwards, Cooper. Okay. Well, he's gone to Saskatchewan, Matthew Betts. Well, he's gone to the NFL. They're not going to be, they don't look like they're going to be as good as they were last year. And they were the contender to the bombers. Saskatchewan. They'll be better. What, is Saskatchewan will be better
2: yeah I yeah. think they'll be better for Th- sure to me they were the worst team in the CFL last if year Harris doesn't get hurt I wonder what would have happened they wouldn't have been a six win team last year no well, when you've got a guy in his late 30s I mean there's there's the risk there but I just think outside a quarterback they're better now too
1: yeah and Edmonton has a quarterback now and McLeod Bethel Thompson and all of this is predicated on are they healthy of and, course right for every team including the Bombers but Edmonton, I don't know who they're going to rush the passer with because they don't have an American defensive end on the roster at the moment, but they should be better by the fact that they've got McLeod Bethel-Thompson at quarterback. Calgary has added to its receiving core. Uh, It's
2: all about Jake Mayer. How how good is he? Yeah,
1: so the then third question, which I come to off yours is, are the Bombers a 14-win team again? And I'll just start by saying, it's going to be hard to win 14 games because the Bombers have less talent and there are a lot of teams that look like they improved in the West division this season.
2: This could be another, if you look back five or six seasons where there'd be like three, 12 and six teams. I'm not saying we're going to get that, but I think 13 probably gets it done in the West 13 and five. I feel, I feel like that's the spot we could be seeing the Bombers this year. Oh, and, I'd be
1: deliriously happy if yeah, my team had 13 wins, I 13, would think.
2: 12 and 12 and six, 13 and five. I, I think, I, you, you think that all the other team BC might drop a bit, but I feel like Saskatchewan, Calgary, and Edmonton are all going to be a little bit better than they were last year. But at whose expense are they getting those wins? Each other, I guess. You look at the East, Toronto. I don't know. They're not going to win 16 games again. That's for sure.
1: They've been uh, there's there's some folks who are well. The Argos will still be good. You lost your best interior player. You lost a very promising edge player. You lost your best cover player. You lost your other best. You lost three of your back six. And so often in
2: the CFL, we just see teams kind of come and go and ebb and flow, right? They might go. We don't see 16 very often, but in the East, especially lately, Toronto and Hamilton have kind of gone back and forth with winning the division near 500. And I... I think Toronto gets the benefit of the doubt. Montreal won the Grey Cup last year. Not Toronto. Let's remember that. And they haven't gotten worse, I don't think. But it's a, that's another one. Do you, how much do you trust Cody Fajardo? Who had
1: 17 touchdowns and 14 interceptions in the season. Wasn't great last year. Did the Bombers get to the playoffs?
2: Yes. 99%,
1: 90 whatever percent?
2: Do you can hey, th- never do 100. I give it to Febreze, 99.9%. There you go. Do the Bombers host a playoff game? Yes.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with that. Do the Bombers represent the West in the Gray Cup? Until
2: they lose, you have to say yes.
1: You don't have to. I think
2: so. Uh, Okay, so on the balance of probabilities, they would have the best of all the options.
1: The Jackson-Jeffcoat departure is the one I think that might scare me the most. Okay. Because get pressure on the quarterback, or you have to cover incredibly well, or you have to dedicate more resources to getting pressure on the quarterback, and you go, yeah. That's oh where you
2: get exposed.
1: And and there therein lies the uh, the rub and the challenge for Jordan Younger, who we talked to earlier on, of, okay, well, Jackson is just a tremendous loss. Nobody generated quarterback pressure like Jackson Jeffcoat in the entire Canadian Football League. Right. And he will not be back. So Celestin Haba, Jamarcus Hardrick, honestly, might be even a bigger loss because I think you could find an average defensive end more readily than you can find an average
2: tackle. Yes, they're, they're few and far between. But it's...
1: At this moment, on February 26th, to me, there's a lot of drama in the West this coming season, okay. and
2: I cannot wait for it. And you like Ottawa at plus 2,500, right? Get it if you
1: can, because <laughs> it's Grey a Cup. nine-team Canadian Football League for Montreal won
2: last year, and we thought they were dead in February. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, it is 8:56. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. We love a chance to do this and talk some Blue Bomber football here in the middle of February when the snow rolls in. You can get it on the Blue Bomber podcast feed as well. All these great interviews. Thank you to all our guests. Zach Kalaris, Brady Oliveira from, from Bali, Jordan Younger, Patty Newfeld, Jamal Parker as well. And appreciate you being with us on the Blue Bomber winter special on 680. CJOB.
2: Hey. Hey.